afternoon. Uh, we're here for a very interesting discussion with a gentleman called Wayne, who's kindly agreed to talk to the UK column. He's a man who's in the wars after receiving a, a COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, but this is a subject which seems to be coming to the fore more and more. We've had a number of people contact us and uh, want to explain what has happened to them. And one of the undertones has been that um, they don't feel that they've been listened to. So, Wayne, thank you very much for agreeing to speak to Debbie and myself this afternoon. No, thank you for having me on. OK, well, we're, we're going to limit the time because one, you've got a commitment and two, uh, this is quite hard. Well, you're limited in time that you can be in front of the computer, which perhaps we can discuss a little bit more. Um, but really, we want to give you the floor to say anything you'd like to say about your experiences and and uh, what you'd like to tell the wider public to help inform them about matters to do with COVID vaccinations. Perhaps it'd be good just to start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then um, what happened on that journey from the, well, uh, the journey to have the vaccination and, and then what you've experienced subsequently. Yeah, so I'm a, I was a very healthy 51-year-old male. Um, I worked a lot, um, but I trained a lot, exercised, I ran a lot as well, and I was generally very fit and healthy. Um, nothing by the odd cold, and through my mother being ill the previous year in 2020, um, subsequent, she passed away. And amongst the fear factor being driven by the media and the government, I foolishly decided to protect my father and have the vaccine in 2021, February. Um, it was the worst decision that I could ever have made um, looking back. Um, and then, yeah, uh, there's no way I would have even contemplated it if I'd have been aware of just some of the slightest side effects. Um, but I had my vaccine in February and there was no change in it. Um, within just moments, um, I started to have a slight headache and achy arm. Um, but within hours, um, it was a crippling headache that I had. Um, and I'd gone to sleep um, with painkillers, just trying to clear the pain. And nothing really helped for days. Um, I battled with my doctors to, to take me seriously. Um, but they didn't want to listen. They just said, well, don't worry, it's just normal side effects. Um, there's no informed consent of anything. You basically get a vaccine, they thrust a piece of paper in your hand saying, oh, you might get some side effects, but don't worry about it, you know. So two weeks to the day, um, of me battling to see a doctor um, and hearing various different things like, yes, we will see you. No, we don't need to see you. I finally got to see a doctor two weeks of the day and my condition was so severe uh, by that stage. I've lost all awareness of how serious I was. My dizziness, my, um, 
I now call it brain fog, but by then it was delirious. Um, I wasn't aware of how serious, Ill, seriously ill I was. I could barely walk. Um, my doctor sounded so worried on the phone. He says, I need to see you now because I just wasn't making any sense. Within seconds of seeing me in the hallway in the doctor's surgery, because I'd driven there without actually thinking, nobody in the right mind would drive when you're that seriously ill. And within seconds of seeing me, he says, I'm going to call an ambulance. Um, that was um, a journey that I hadn't, yeah, it was just a strange time. Um, paramedic saw me he told me that they were going to tell me to make my story seem much worse than it was um but when they checked my blood pressure it was 201 over 120 he said don't worry we don't need to now I'll tell you to pretend you're much more serious to get your case seen more seriously um that started off 11 days in hospital um, they didn't really know what to do. Um, they saw me with extreme high blood pressure, which is a side effect of the vaccines. Um, all they could do was treat that, which was blood pressure medication and pain relief, um, because by that stage, my brain was so inflamed, it was causing me brain tissue damage. Um, the condition it gave me was called hypertension and unchecked it does more and more damage and over the days and days I was trying to get in to see my doctor with a seriously bad headache it was doing more damage um, and I was told by the admitting doctor that if only I'd got there sooner the damage wouldn't have been as severe um, but over the days, I had um, CAT scan, I had MRI, I had um, lumbar puncture, deep ophthalmic scans, just to true discount absolutely anything else that was going on in my body. Um, what it came down to is the, the demoliation of the tissue around surrounding the brain, um, which in fact gave me uh, brain tissue damage. And it was clear on the MRIs that there was a um, white clouding over the temporal lobes, um, which month, even months later was still there, although the pattern had changed. It still didn't mean it wasn't any better. It just meant something else. There were still so many things going on in my brain. Um, I now get migraines um, regularly. Um, it's, it's enhanced more with computer use. The more I think I try to do normal things, normal life things, it triggers it. Um, so it's hard to stay away from the things I enjoy, but um, you try to keep going. Um, within days of me being discharged, because they didn't know what to do, I had a I had a diagnosis of um, MS and or dementia um, because of the tissue damage. This has led, led to no other further treatment 
um, basically they've overseen my case. Um, I've had further MRIs. I've had, I've seen neurologists. Um, I've made improvements in certain areas, but then I've made much deeper changes in others. And so I had to finally admit that I wasn't going to work anymore. I tried to work several times in the last year after being rushed in, in that hospital uh, several other times through a worsening of the brain inflammation that was causing full body numbness. Um, so I battled through using a walking stick to losing it, um, to thinking I was going to improve, to then getting worse, getting back to work. Um, and it, it just it really did not agree with my body. I can't I can't say working with computers much. Um, physical side of things, I just don't have the energy. I'm I'm just so fatigued. I I probably don't go out walking for more than once a week now if I can do that, which I did today. And um, it just leaves me worn out for days. Um, I, the muscle ache um, just means that you can look normal, but you don't feel normal. Um, so from January this year, I decided um, that was it. I, I left my job and decided to go through a longer term of rehabilitation. Hopefully this is going to make a bit more difference, but at the moment it isn't. Um, my doctor from day one of seeing me in the doctor's surgery before we called the ambulance, yes, we'll take your case seriously. Um, I will put your injury to the yellow card system, so the hospital doctor supposedly did. But since that day, the narrative changed. And so what he then decided to do was try to do everything but take myself seriously. It must be something else causing the issue. And I've had silly, really silly tests and exams, like 24-hour urine tests, just trying to discount absolutely anything else causing the injury. Um, to this day, he still won't accept that it is, although he regionally accepted it was a vaccine-related injury. The hospital went ahead and admitted that. It put that on my discharge papers um, I got from the hospital. So all the evidence is there. Right from the word go, I knew what was being accepted. And so that kind of gave me the drive to carry on and try and tell people my story early on last year um, and, and just trying to help give people better information because the more information you have, the better a decision you can make for your own health. Um, but as my own well-being, I have pretty much been left alone. Um, doctors doesn't really ring me. Um, all I do is I get my repeat prescriptions every month. Um, I can't get that on uh, for free because blood pressure medication isn't seen as a, a serious issue. Although I've now been left with hypertension through no fault of my own, it's something I now need to be treated for for the rest of my life. The pain relief I need, the, the Zapain, which is codeine paracetamol mix, I have my maximum up to 80 days sometimes, um, and several sigmatryptan, which are a 
migraine relief medication. All these I need to keep me going. Um, but doctors, they just get to a point and they just cut off and they, just, they really don't want to know anymore. Um, people like myself have struggled to get anywhere, even as half as far as what I have. Um, I think what helped my case is the fact that I got it admitted early on on the discharge notes. Um, for many people, I think the narrative changed around about March, April time. And so the doctors were quite strictly told, do not accept blame through vaccines. And so then become much harder for people. Wayne, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Um, I don't, you know, at the beginning, you, you, you said you were silly. I, I don't think you were silly at all. You were thinking about your family and you were following guidance. And it's easy for all of us to look back and say we shouldn't have done something. But at the time you made you made the decision, you were you were following what was very clear guidance from the government that people should have vaccines because those vaccines would keep them safe and would also keep their families and loved ones safe. That was the message. So, you know, hindsight enables you to say that of yourself but I don't think it's true at the time because you you followed the guidance can I just just ask what what um, did you do as a job you've said you've decided to stop now it was a fairly um, active role I had I was a fire safety officer um, for a retail um, food retail company um, been on the high street for many years probably guess who it might be um, so I spent probably two, three hours a day on a computer working on risk assessments and things like that. But oh, for the first four or five hours, I had to spend accepting, accepting deliveries at five o'clock in the morning. Um, a lot of leg work, a lot of back work, but it, it was good because you're, you're fit, active, healthy. Um, I never found it an issue to, to complete trying to do a very small amount of that at the end of last year when I tried to return to work I was doing four hours a day and it was very exhausting I just I just found it too much I just really couldn't cope with it um when you've got a half function brain that's the only way I can describe it it's like a faulty hard drive you just cannot process words quickly enough in those sorts of situations. Um, I need a lot of time to think about what I need to say sometimes. It's hard to think of things off the cuff. Um, yeah. So okay. it, was, it was a hard decision. It's only after physically trying my best to try and do a job um, that I kind of had to step back and say, look, you know, because under pressure from the, the company itself for many, many months, I had um really really tough conversations on the phone with them and they were just putting a lot of pressure on me all the time um why are you off why well i've told you <laughs> um i suppose i could have gone through some sort of appeal process at some point but at the end of the day i just i've had enough and right i'd so. like to just bring debbie in but just one debbie just one more question from me if i may when when you had the vaccine wayne where where did you go to to have your vaccine 
you don't have to give me the exact location, but I mean, was it one of the vaccination centres or did you have it done somewhere yeah. else? Yeah, it was at my doctor's local surgery. They have a, um, a marquee set up in the car park. So basically you would drive up to it. Um, and a doctor would come over to you because they had a doctor overseeing it. Um, and from there, you'd spend five minutes sitting in the car park waiting for any side effects to appear, that's all I was told, to then just drive off. Um, and and, and did, you, did you get handed any leaflets or documentation talking about yeah. risks? Did anybody? Yeah, well, I said, yeah, well, I said I had the vaccination, then I had this piece of paper put in my hand. Originally, it was very basic in what it told you and the risks, um, side effects associated with it. Um, over the months, I have seen further ones where they're a bit more detailed. Um, but mine, there was certainly no mention by the, the lady doctor as to anything to be worried about. Yeah. Um, now they tell you that if you have a continuous headache for more than three or four days, seek medical advice. Well. I was seeing, speaking to a doctor every couple of days and I, I couldn't get seen. Um, all I was told was, don't worry about it. You're fine. It's just normal it's side effects. But the, the, thank, thank you for that. The key bit for me there is the vaccine came first and then the piece of paper arrived second. Mm, that's which, right. uh, there was no chance to actually assess for yourself. If they give you a piece of paper and they say, well, take a moment to read that, and if you then want to proceed, that's up to yourself. Well, you need the vaccine, but here's a bit of paper afterwards to, to read while you're waiting. Yeah. Um, hmm. Debbie. Well, Wayne, um, Brian. Wayne, I've got a couple of questions. I'll make them really short so that you haven't got to go into anything too detailed. Um, as I understand it, you've had one AstraZeneca. Yeah, Is that's that... right. Has anybody, because I notice on Twitter, Sheffield, C... yes, there's your card indeed with your batch number and stuff on it. Because yeah. um, I noticed that Sheffield CCG on Twitter are saying to people who've had serious adverse reactions not to worry about them and to go for, to continue going for... Uh, vaccinations has anybody encouraged you since the first injection when you've had all these absolutely terrible mm -hmm. adverse reactions has anybody suggested you may or that you should have more no so um my, my hospital doctor said yeah you shouldn't have further ones uh, because this one has done so much damage and um, put your at risk of um, various autoimmune diseases in your, in your future, in your not too distant future. My own doctor agreed that it was in my best interest not to have further ones. I have had dozens and dozens of text messages like many other people have had saying, oh, don't forget to get your next booster or whatever. Um, I've repeatedly had to go back to the doctor. Can you please get somebody to stop this? Um, it's, it's intimidating. It's just putting the pressure on. Um, I did get a uh, exemption letter in in the end, just in case government pressure got a little bit more serious because it seemed to be going that way last year. Um, yeah. And also, Wayne, 
you've had to you've had to leave your job hmm. and you've got an elderly father as well okay. to look after and yeah. you're going through the grief of yeah. getting over passing of your mum mm. um has anybody helped you with regards to department of work and pensions are you able to access any benefits and able to help you just sustain yourself a little bit financially um for the meantime yeah the interesting thing was i managed to get part of the work and pensions onto things quite early on through help my mp hollowbone and that was fine up until I decided to try and work again because then it stopped and started and stopped and started. I had countless letters um, reminding me what I needed to do and I knew, I knew myself what I needed to do but they just kept telling you what to do and I tried to apply for a PIP early on in the year because I knew it took a little while from what somebody else was saying. When I finally got an answer, it's when I got really ill again. I was being rushed back into hospital and they decided to reject my, my claim. I didn't have any points at the time. Um, so I never actually went back to that. All I had was the basic sickness benefit. And um, just recently, I've had a few um, negative um, letters, replies from my pension company because I'm trying to access my pension pots through all health so I've been told it's it's acceptable I've got to the final stage of accepting the sum of money sending back the forms and then they say well no you're not going to get any money after all so we're going through a few um, discussions at the moment trying to work out what's happened because if you weren't going to give me a settlement why did I get the settlement figure um, so I've gone back to PIP through my MP again, um, had a lovely phone call from a lady there, I can't think of her name offhand, um, and she rang me, um, told me exactly what I needed to do, um, Alison Worrell, and she's now put me through a mandatory reconsideration of my original, original assessment, which probably won't go anywhere, uh, I don't expect it to really. But she also suggested me reapplying for a new assessment, um, which I'm going to be doing hopefully at some point this weekend. What's left of it? Um, yeah, I need to do something because I had certain ideas in my mind, in mind and then it all just kind of starts falling apart. Um, pension companies, they start to worry that so many people are accessing monies and they then don't want to make it easy for people. Um, so yeah, we'll see. So if I heard that correctly, Wayne, your your MP has been quite helpful to yeah, you. Yeah, Hollowbone, very helpful. Yeah. Okay, and um, we have been speaking again recently to Sir Christopher Chope MP, who's been doing some really good work in trying to gather information um, about people who are suffering vaccine adverse reactions and and are absolutely in the the trap, the difficult position you're in, um, mm. it, it would be encouraging if your MP was was uh, was also speaking to Christopher Chope. I'm not sure whether he is or not. Sorry, is it his, him or her? Yes, yeah, him, uh, him, Philip Hollaberg. He yes, said uh, that he's very supportive of uh, Christopher Chope and his, his bill. Um, he's also put me in touch with... Um, 
What's the name? Um, Rain? Um, June Rain, MHR. Yeah. So I finally got a reply from her uh, a few days ago via one of her colleagues. After waiting about four or five months for a reply, I just finally got one. But it's not actually anything, it's just to say it's been acknowledged. So there's thing, little things happening. Um, Hollowbone, obviously, he says he's helping people and I believe him, um, but you can't really see anything to that effect. Right. Hopefully he's doing a little bit more behind the scenes, but it's, um, time will tell on that. Okay. And presumably, so, sorry, Debbie, <laughs> I was no, just going to say, presumably if June Rain had come back to you, um, mm. the key question is, was a yellow card submitted? Did any of the medical team who've, who've interacted with you, did any of those, did any of those yeah. people submit a yellow yeah. card? Yeah. See, that's the interesting thing, because my doctor said he'd originally submitted one. The hospital also said they were going to submit one. I then had doubts a month or so after I was discharged from hospital in March as to whether they'd actually done it. Just the narrative just seemed to be a bit strange that I was coming back from them. And so I decided, you know what, I'll just submit one myself. So I submitted it to them. I submitted one. Um, notification to AstraZeneca themselves, had some dialogue with them for a little while. They were going to refer me to their uh, neurological team in Liverpool. So I had some dialogue with them for a little while and then nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, AstraZeneca stopped talking. They then started saying that oh, we want you to fill out another form. And I said, well, I've just filled one out for you. Yeah, but we need, need another one. And I had a lot of silly emails like that. And in the end, I basically just told them, look, I'm fed up with the same old information from yourselves. You're not helping me, uh, not acknowledging an injury in the first place. Um, so I stopped talking to them. But I did actually start again recently, um, just trying a few different avenues to find out if there was any more information, if there's any more help from anyone from these companies. Um, and the same replies coming back. Um, yeah, well, we're interested in cases, and but there's no real evidence as to them doing much about it. So, okay, to, just to be a bit precise. So, when June Rain communicated with you, was she was she even acknowledging that a yellow card had had been received about your case? No, I actually posted this on uh, on on a tweet. Um, my message and then that reply um, basically was acknowledging me but it was also saying if you're if you haven't reported it to the yellow card system yet in short we recommend that you do so um so they didn't hadn't actually read my email they just basically sent out a standard reply to somebody it's quite a lengthy reply but they didn't actually say anything it just said um new cases you should be doing this, you should be doing that. Um, and not, oh, we're sorry to hear of your injury or, or whatever. Um, yeah, quite bog standard, really. Okay. And and the, the other question which comes to mind is, have you been able to speak to other pe any other people who've experienced similar problems? 
or, or indeed yeah. any other adverse effects, not necessarily the same as yours, but anybody, anybody else you could speak to who's suffering? Yeah, well, last year, quite early on, I was at a loss. I was cut adrift from my doctors, um, my work, and I discovered somebody through social media. Um, there's a group called Clubhouse app, and it's very much like a social media app where you get to talk to people, but you can have medical doctors, specialists, all just talking together, discussing problems. And through that, I met uh, some very good people who set up a other group called um, No More Silence, and there's another one called Real Not Rare. And basically through those, I've given my story and talking to a lot of people who've had similar issues. And I also then tried ivermectin in August time, September time, and found a very good, very good um, benefit from a lot of the symptoms I was suffering, like brain fog, um, and for a probably a period of about a month or so, um, I felt like I was really getting somewhere, really improving. Um, but over time, my condition then worsened, worsened again. Um, it's the spike protein that continually causes the problems in the body and it's self-replicating. So if you then take something to treat that, um, it's brilliant for a short period of time, but then the spike protein carries on building the body again. Um, I've tried, I've met some again recently and um, it didn't work as well this time. Um, because I feel the condition is getting worse in my body, which is then finding it harder to then be treated. Um, right. So all I can do is alleviate that with the, the pain relief that I take and the symmetryptans for the migraines and um, just do what I can do on a daily basis. The, the worst days I don't do very much at all. I'm probably just sit in the garden looking at the birds. Um, and on a better day, I might then go for a walk or something else, you know. Right. It's not the life I imagine myself leading, um, but I can't look back. I've just got to keep looking forward. Um, yeah. Okay, Wayne, well, I've got a, a, a sharp eye on the clock, so we're just coming up for 30 minutes. It's so fine, it's hard up until five o'clock if that's what you want, it's whatever. I'm easy. Okay, well, if, if you're still comfortable. Um, I, I found it in, I found it incredible that we, we've got people now coming, uh, coming into contact with the UK column to tell us about their experiences. And we spoke to two ladies the, the other day. Uh, we did a recording with them, which um, will be out this coming, coming week, but a lady called Charlotte and Caroline, and they have both uh, suffered pretty severe effects, which have stopped them living an, a normal, you know, completely stopped them living a normal life. But they clearly found that the most difficult thing was, well, two things. One, they spoke about the fact that when they tried to speak to other people to explain what they knew was different, you know, I do, do not feel well. But when they tried to explain this to other people, it was almost as if other people didn't believe them. 
And then they said, and then you suddenly find yourself in a realm where you don't know where to go for help. And um, now you 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 clearly have been able to at least get into the NHS system. Um, mm. It hasn't produced it hasn't produced help for you, but there was some engagement, and also your MP engaged, which mm. was a positive thing. But what we understand from the now gathering number of people that are talking to Caroline and Charlotte that for many people they haven't even had that engagement from their their GP nor have they had it from um, you know other NHS sources or from MPs and so they're saying that in addition to how they've you know the physical effects they're suffering they feel very isolated. Um, oh, you, you do you, you don't know where to, where to turn I mean I felt so lost and down that through a sheer desperation um, by the end of the year, I'd taken this ivermectin as a last ditch effort to try something different. And for me, it really helped. And it was only because a number of other people I've been talking to on the self-help groups on social media, um, they'd tried it for severe seizures and shakes that they had and found it to be really beneficial. So I thought, right, what have I got to lose? I've got to try something. Um, I do, I have, a, have been aware of those two ladies myself. Um, at some point or other, all our paths have crossed in different platforms because um, we're seeking help all the time because not one thing that will work for you will work for somebody else. Um, it might help a little, it doesn't fully solve the problem, the neurological issues, the headaches, the strange dreams, the rapid heart rates. Um, we all then have to try something else, whether that's then your herbal teas, your herbal baths, then just to calm your heart rate enough, just so you can think about sleeping. Um, it's all about just trying to talk to somebody and by sharing your story on Twitter um, or other social medias as, as I did, I came across so many people. I, I probably had just a few hundred people that I connected with before all this happened. And then shortly afterwards, March time, I wanted to start sharing my story to people. And then I was like seven and a half thousand people um, right before I was suspended. Um, but these are people that were helping me um, and also I was helping them because people were contacting me for help at the same time. Have you any ideas of what I can do? Because I had a vaccine gone holiday, a 20 something year old guy. Um, and then he was basically left in a similar situation to myself. Um, very upset, very down, didn't know what to do. Um, and all you can do at that stage is give some ideas and um, what things that you can do quite easily. And I think he did get some help in the end. Um, and but then there's so many people, you just can't keep in touch with everyone. You know? And I lost all of that when I was um, suspended from the, from the site. So purely for saying that I'd taken some ivermectin. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wayne, I, I picked up from, from what you've said, uh, said, to us so far that you you clearly been researching and i think this must be quite a a difficult thing to do because you're delving into something which is inherently um 
it's going to be stressful, isn't it? Because you're researching yeah. your your own problem. Doctors what? only give you ideas of what might be going on with you. They don't really know. They can suggest things. And the drugs that I was on last year, um, whether I needed to be on all of them, who knows? Um, they didn't know themselves. They can only suggest it. And at the time, it seemed to help. Um, what you then have to do is actually find something that calms you enough and relaxes you enough to then look at everything else in a better way. You know, um, I now find if I get stressed, a herbal tea will help me just take that edge off. Um, I used to be on diazepams and bisoprolols and beta blockers last year because my health was so erratic. Um, I had 10 different medications at one stage. And some of those were then fighting against me, causing my brain information to make, to make it even worse, um, which they didn't know. Um, it's just, your bodies are in such a mess after these vaccines that they don't know half of the side effects that then come out. And it's only when it starts to happen to many, many more people that they suddenly realize, oh, there's a connection. And, and Wayne, have you been able to actually look at the the full yellow card data? Because, um, well, we we did some work. The UK column did work. Mike Robinson and and a couple of other people did work to make that yellow card database visible and fully searchable. But it is incredible that the MHRA itself has got well over one and a half million adverse mm. reactions logged and people um over two thousand people have died and yet there, there's no visible proactive that's a word i don't like for all sorts of reasons but there's no visible proactive investigation to what has got on you you would think we'd already be into a major public inquiry to say mm. we've recorded all of these adverse reactions the first question, I think, is a, is a reasonable one. We need to establish which of these adverse reactions are actually caused by the vaccine. But then we need to say, if all these people have suffered these life-changing effects, what are we going to do about it? And one of the things that Debbie's picked up on is that with other medications, where there's been a problem affecting relatively few people compared to these vaccine statistics, they've actually stopped the uh, uh, stopped giving people the particular drug. But in this case, it's as though it's as though they're ignoring the reality of the adverse reactions. Do you agree with that, Debbie, or how do you see yes, it? I Absolutely. No, I absolutely do. And if we go back to the letter that I received from the Royal College of General Practitioners, clearly the Honourable Secretary said then that GPs are not aware of the serious adverse reactions. They're not aware of what to look for. So obviously, when they're seeing all of these symptoms that they've never seen clustered before, they don't know what it is. So they don't know how to treat it. So if they're not told about the serious adverse reactions and if they're not told about the ingredients of the vaccine, then how can they know how to treat people like Wayne 
when they exhibit these serious adverse reactions. And, you know, my big comment on all of this is we're hearing about all the physical symptoms that Wayne and others are going through. But how does this affect your mental health and your anxiety levels and the way that your life has been changed when all you've done is you've you've trusted what you've been told and you've followed the advice and you've done what the experts told you to do? I mean, this must be having a huge impact on your mental health. Mm -hmm. That's right. It does. You find it hard to um, keep things together. Um, how I've managed to get to this stage that I'm at at the moment, I don't know. It's quite a miracle. Um, you still have your ups and downs. Everybody does. Um, I know back at the start of last year, they were aware of the yellow card system because they quoted it to me uh, in March when I was admitted to the hospital as then going to report it. So they know it exists. If they really wanted to, they could have been more aware of it um, over the weeks and months as other cases then started to happen. I knew of a other guy who was in the Ketching General the week before me. He'd been in there a few weeks because he'd lost um, full use of his body through his vaccine. Um, and that was purely by a nurse who was treating me uh, stating his case. Um, they do happen they see it happen but at some point or other somebody's there saying but we don't really want too many people to know about this um whereas if cases were shared early on people would have been much more aware of associated risks wouldn't they yeah wayne if if june rain was watching this and if if june rain is watching this what would be your message to the MHRA in June rain? Do you think, sorry to put you on the spot. And if, if you can't think of an answer, don't, don't worry. It was just an idea of what would yeah. you say to her? Um, I've talked about a struggle because trying to put words together off the cuff, I need time to think about things, but people have been injured um, through a lack of uh, coordination and thought in how things would be affecting others. Um, they certainly need to accept that these have happened and going forward, they need to put their hand up and say, look, yeah, mistakes were made. Um, and they need to do something about it, don't they? Yeah. It's, it's late, but better late than never. Yeah. That, re that for me, really really spells it out i cannot i cannot understand how there can be so much data which has been officially collected it's not even as if this is data that some other organization has put together this is the data that the pharmacovigilance organization the mhra the organization which says it has a responsibility to ensure that um, dispense drugs and medicines and vaccines are safe they then collect data which to the uh, to anybody of reasonable intelligence would suggest that there are problems and then it's as if that data does not exist it's as if june rain and alison Kay, the safety officer from mhra it's as if they cannot even see their own data 
because what she's talking about, and Debbie is absolutely on the case with this, is every time we're looking at an MHRA board meeting, uh, so we're watching and listening, what are they talking about? They're talking about moving forward to even better relations with the pharmaceutical companies. It's, it's Whereas it should be a better relationship with the patients. You know, indeed. you shouldn't be looking at the finances coming in. You know, it's like the when you work in the retail and sector, you should be looking after the customer. You know, it's, that's what it all comes down to. Um, but they're not. They're, they're looking at the provider. You know, it's making as much money for them as possible by keeping as quiet as as much as you can about the risks. Yes, and and you you work in a very specific uh, professional risk area, which is which is fire risk and fire safety. If if we had in in a particular business uh, across UK, if we had fires breaking out, somebody would be saying, "Well, hang on a minute, this seems to be following a common pattern." You know, is it a particular piece of machinery or is or or is there arson at work? You would follow that risk through. But the other the other thing which we know for a fact is that the MHRA has not carried out any quantitative risk assessment into its own yellow card data. And I find this. I think mind boggling is the word. Um, but it's, it's over a year now, isn't it? I mean, you guys were putting the information out quite early on. I remember sharing that same information. I, I must have connected with you because I connected with so many people. I can't remember half of the, those people now because my brain just doesn't function that well. But the data's been going around for over a year. The information's been there, but nobody kind of wants to acknowledge it. It's like, yeah. well... We've got to keep quiet. We've got, we've got to keep that to the side because the shareholder won't be happy or whatever. That's yes. what the emphasis has been on, isn't it? I, I would say so. And I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there because as far as the MHRA is concerned, it's the shareholder which is important, the pharmaceutical shareholder. It's not the man and woman in the street who've been subjected to the vaccination. Wayne, I, I'm going to say thank you i suggest we stop there because it's a good place to stop um i would very much hope that you'll be prepared to speak to us again and yeah, particularly thank you particularly when we've had the opportunity to speak to more people because we we it's like we've um how do we describe it debbie it's it's like suddenly is it a flood? Well, not quite yet, but there's a lot of people now wanting to speak and wanting to speak to us about what's happened to them. And I like to think that we can do our part to help some of these groups, such as the ones, the ones that you've mentioned, um, where people are trying to come together to help themselves. If we can give that a bigger, a bigger media boost, I think we'll all start be, be working together Mm, definitely yeah that's right it, it, it's gathering it's been gathering a momentum over the last few months and there's certainly a few people on social media at the moment who really seem to be helping to drive that and, and everything that you guys can do as well it's it's kind of a good thing can't it so yeah 
Okay. We won't give up, Wayne. We won't give up. That's good. Thank you very much. No, I don't think we're really going to give up. It's uh, the more we learn, the more we we are motivated on this one to actually hold people to account because this is this is what it's about. This is about real lives. Mm. It's it's not some you know it's it's not some economic thing where you can say oh dear it's a bit of a shame but let's move on this is this is serious stuff so mm -hmm. certainly we feel commitment on it and let's just end on the note that it's it has been encouraging that for the first time we've we've actually got mps that seem to be showing an interest and and are mm -hmm. starting to do some work as a group and uh, so we need to we need to encourage those people, those MPs, as much as we can, because I'm sure they're going to be up against some pretty tough backlash, which is mm. along the lines of "Don't rock the boat." Yeah. That's right. Okay. Right. Let's let's end there. Thank thank you very much, Wayne. Have a good dinner. I think you're going <laughs> to have a good dinner. Hello. Thank you, uh, Debbie. Bye. Thank you. Um, all right. Yeah. Okay. Thank we'll you. speak again. Thanks very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. -bye. okay.